Well, hello, ladies and gents. Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com. And today I have special guest Bronson Dant on the line. Bronson is actually in town for the weekend. We're recording a bunch of footage. We're getting all kinds of content ready for you. We decided to do a super deep dive into what fitness truly is, different ways to work on mobility, agility, uh, coordination, all the other aspects of fitness that you don't typically hear about. We talk about CrossFit. We talk about bodybuilding. We talk about all kinds of things. I learned a ton. I've got no doubt that you will as well. We're probably going to do a two-part series to this podcast, but before we get into part two, go ahead and dive in and enjoy part one. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation with Bronson. All right, man, we are live. Bronson, how are you, brother? I'm doing great. We are in the podcast studio, and I'd forgotten to hit record, so a little, little recap here. We spent about 30 minutes trying to figure out how to fit into this little podcast studio. We got it. We got it's it. hot. We just went on a puzzle. run. We, jigsaw puzzle, but we are here. We're in action, so all is well. Let's dive into a few things, man. We had you on the podcast about about 100 episodes ago, which wow. is crazy. Holy cow. Didn't seem like okay. that long ago, but I saw it was like 230-something, I think. We're in the 300s now. Yeah. And a lot's happened to your life since then. Gosh. A lot is in the pipeline coming up. Yeah. I'm super excited about all of it. I'm super excited for what we're going to do this weekend together. Um, so just kind of bring us to the speed, man. What's happened in 100 episodes? Uh, it's, wow. So we talked before COVID. Yep. Yep. So a lot's definitely happened since then. So I sold my gym. Mm-hmm. Um, I've the whole COVID thing happened and uh, just tried to transition everything. I was kind of already going to the online virtual space and took that opportunity to just say, you know, screw it, let's go. This mm-hmm. is this is where I'm going, this is where the focus is. <clears throat> and uh, that's what I'm doing. So, you know, working with people remotely, one-on-one, group stuff. I've got a, an at-home program uh, and just trying to spread the word. And really, right now, my focus is on building my network, building my connection of people like you that are out there doing stuff that I can collaborate with and learn from and kind of spread the message uh, about what we're doing. We all have different voices. We all have different ways and perspectives and experiences. And uh, I think it's good for me and for everyone else to kind of get exposed to as much of that as possible. Couldn't agree more, man. I mean, I've been putting out content on the online space for quite some time. That's the beauty of the generation we're in, you know, social media, the internet, all of that. Mm -hmm. But I yearn for these like in-person direct, you know, hands-on, communications like you coming in you flying in us being able to to go for a run like we just did us being able to work out together us being able to do things face to face like you can't get that through a facebook message or an instagram dm and i've said that numerous times on my podcast but i feel like people are gravitating towards that more and more and from like a a a network building standpoint like Mm -hmm. where you're at trying to grow your network and collaborate with people i think you're doing the best thing you possibly could be doing in doing that good good yeah i mean it's and it's fun Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was talking to my dad before I came out. He's like, "Hey, where are you going? What are you doing?" And, and I was like, "I'm going to work." And then I'm thinking about, but I'm, is it really work? Right? I'm going to go talk about fitness. I'm going to go hang out with someone who I respect in the in the field and work out and talk about, you know, health and fitness and ideas and concepts and growth and positivity and eat some keto brick while we're here and eat some steak and do. I mean, this is work, and this is. I mean, I couldn't ask for more. More. It's great. That's that's the beauty of it, man. Like. When when I started gaining some momentum with my business and then I started looking at ways to grow the business mm-hmm. and the moment I realized that, you know what, my business is going to benefit from me hanging out with people that I love 
and doing things that I love. Right. And I need to do more of that to grow the business. It's like, all right, that's the kind of life I want right. to live. That's synergy, right? Yeah. I mean, you, it, it's something you enjoy, something you're passionate about, but then it, it can also help provide for you and your family. 100%. Right? So, yeah, absolutely. So, talk to me a little bit about, I guess we can start <clears throat> with some of the things that we're hoping to accomplish this weekend. Okay. Um, yeah. So, you, you're here for about four days, three mm-hmm. and a half days, I guess. Um, we're going to be recording a ton of workout tutorial clips. Yep. We just got done playing on the whiteboard. We wrote out like five pages worth of <laughs> different videos that we're going to record, body weights, resistance band, yep. uh, kettlebells. And I'm super excited about that. I'm revamping my website, and I'm bringing you on to help with a lot of the tutorial videos because mm-hmm. you're – your strong suit is like with like the mobility work, um, the resistance band work, the kettlebell. Like I don't, e- I didn't even own a pair of kettlebells. We had to go buy some go, kettlebells yeah. <laughs> before before we started filming. So that speaks to my expertise in that department. Um, there is none. So I'm super excited to learn from you here. And I think mm-hmm. that's like anybody would benefit from from that. I feel like there's areas of expertise where people have a, a strong suit. and There's total weaknesses, yeah. and that is one of my total weaknesses. So to be able to bring you out here, have you help film that content and then put it out there for the masses to be able to use and and you know leverage i think that's just synergy in itself right there yeah and i think the the collaboration of two different sets of experiences you're coming from a bodybuilding background i'm coming from a functional fitness background working with two different types of people people that have different goals and and directions and experiences uh bringing all that together uh, just the the range of people that we can impact, I think, is is fantastic. Uh, also, age age range, right? I'm almost fifty. You're not anywhere near that. Yeah, I wanted. <laughs> I wanted that was a perfect segue because I was about to say, since this isn't in fact a video and audio podcast, yeah. anybody that's watching on YouTube can see you. And like, I'm pretty sure I've got more wrinkles than you, man. I'm pretty sure I do. And you're 48. Yeah. I mean, you're yeah. damn near 50. Yeah. And I'm. 29 and you look like benjamin button i was was joking with you earlier all my crew calls you benjamin button i mean you are the epitome of someone that's staying healthy you know and getting better and better like fine wine so what's the secret man um gosh i mean do i want to be cliche with this the the space that we're in and say it's all about the meat (laughs) uh i I really i mean it's it it is stuff we're going to talk about today what is fitness right it's it's about trying to live those principles you know, and I'm motivated because it's what I'm passionate about and I want to help people. So I have to live that as well. So it's about moving often. It's about moving my body, moving weight, moving well. It's about not eating things that are going to harm me, that are, that are going to make me look older. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about having a positive mindset and not letting stress run my life. And, and it's about like, you know, we, you saw the back of my shirt, like my motto is your freedom is your choice. Yeah. So it's about making choices every day that are going to move me forward and not hold me back. I love it, man. Yeah. I love it. So, with regard to the training, I know you, you got a bullet list of things that you want to make sure we cover. So, I sure. don't want to distract from that at yeah. all. Um, that may be the best segue, just diving into that, because that that really sums up what how to stay youthful, how to improve your longevity yeah. overall. So, let's just dive into that. Yeah, list, yeah. Man. So, the, I think the 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 focus of where most of my message is at is in getting people to understand what fitness is, and then how they can actually do it. Right? We're not going to talk a lot of exercise science. We're not going to talk a lot of physiology. It's just the basic concepts of people understanding what fitness is. Because fitness is not what people think. Yeah. People look at you and me, and they're like, oh, my God, those guys are so fit. I can't do it. It becomes too much of a goal. They don't look at our progression, right? I just posted today on Instagram a picture of me 40 pounds heavier, you know, holding a beer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I thought I was in shape at that point in time. I obviously wasn't. And it's taken me eight years to get to the point where I was from there to now. 
And it's a combination of learning. You know, I started out, my nutrition wasn't carnivore then. The last almost three years have been. My fitness wasn't, you know, right into, hey, boom, you know, I'm going to get in shape and bang, all of a sudden I'm there. Like, it took a long time to get where I am today. Um, so getting people to understand that fitness in one doesn't happen overnight. It's a, pro- it's a progression. You can start from wherever you are. You can start however old you are. You can start with however experience you do or don't have. You can start with or without any injury issues or modifications that you need. Like there's no, there is nobody that can't start something today. That that's huge, man. I, I'm a, I'm blown away <clears throat> at seeing people who are, you know, seemingly past their prime mm-hmm. in air quotes, and their desire or their motivation for for changing the trajectory of their life path is like, it I mean, half times not even there. Like a lot of yeah. people don't want. To, to take that initial step because they think they're they're they're, they're past. past that point, yeah. and I mean a lot of the times these people are like in their thirties or younger. I mean it just blows my mind. Like, even if people are in their eighties, it's like well let's say you live another five years, you right. know, wouldn't you want the last five years to be better than the or the first next five years to be better than the last five years? Yeah, absolutely. And even if you don't live any longer, your quality of life improves. Yeah. Like let's say there's absolutely nothing about anything that we're going to talk about that says you're going to live an extra five years or ten years or whatever. Okay, great you're going to be able to live in the time that you have and mm-hmm. not exist. There's a very big difference between living and existing and too many people today just exist. Yeah. You know, and, and it's sad. It really is sad. Quality of life is a decision. It's not, it's not something that happens to you. And the, the, you know, the compounding effect of things, we were talking about that before we ever started recording. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that was pretty much the underlying foundation of my manifesto video for 2021. It's pretty much, when I look at any success I've had, that's pretty much what it stems from. It's yeah. just doing things consistently every single day of my life that I can sustain and look forward to doing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's over time, I, I put that up against like going all out for a very finite period of time any day of the week. Absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, competing or performing well or just simply living well into your later years is a great illustration of the steps that you've done on a daily, day-to-day basis you know, in your life prior to that, right. um, that lead to that. And I feel like if people view their life in a long game perspective, you can't help but be motivated to figure out what's going to be best for your nutrition, what's going to be best for your training, and then just live that day to day because you can see and you can feel how it impacts you. Well, it also takes the stress off of it because mm-hmm. you're not, you're not worried about it didn't happen yet. It didn't happen yet. It didn't happen yet. Because you already know you've set yourself up for success because you're not looking for the big change overnight. You're accepting that it's going to take time. You're accepting that small things are going to lead to big things. Yeah. Once you make that, once you have that understanding, you make that decision to let the, let the process happen, then there's no stress over your progress because you know as long as you're consistent, you're moving forward. 100%, man. And that's, and that's where a lot of people get fed up and end up quitting because they're thinking it's going to happen sooner than it does. They're thinking that this is a quick fix or there's a pill they can take or that that's what they want. And when it doesn't happen overnight, it's, it's not good enough. I saw somebody in a post today saying, I'm not having success on this way of eating, so I'm stopping. Well, why? Like, you tried it for three weeks, four weeks? Like, you got to give it some time, you know? Yeah. Ask some questions. What can you do better? What am I doing wrong? What can I do differently? How can I make it, you know, work for me? Like, it, there's always something that can be done to tweak and improve rather than just quit. You, quitting is the only failure. Yeah. Right? That's, I mean. I was, I was talking to a, a, a self-professed hypochondriac the other day. <laughs> and um, 
they were worried about everything and, and that I mean this year is a great year for <clears throat> yeah, <gosh. laughs> yeah. but not to get too deep down in that rabbit yeah. hole um, just hypochondriacs in general like they, they oftentimes live in fear for assu- assuming that they've got some condition some mm-hmm. symptoms some something and I used to be that way I used to be like a germophobe to the T because I had like OCD disorder it was just bad okay. but the moment I realized that, hey, look, I can only do the best that I can with the, the resources and the knowledge that I have at that time. Right. You know, so if I know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that I'm doing everything I can for my nutrition, for my training, for my well-being, that's all I can do. So there's literally no benefit that comes from stressing right. and worrying and just living in fear. So that's pretty much how I adopt everything that I do in life. That's how I live my day-to-day. Mm-hmm. And I'm able to go to sleep at night without having to have this fear just hanging over me. Yeah. Fear is not good. Fear no. is not... Yeah, that's a whole different discussion because that's kind of the prevailing mindset right now in, in society today is fear. Totally. Which we don't want to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, that's that's not even not even referencing the virus or anything. That's, the, that's just uh, yeah, life in, in general. In general, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, so, so going back to the focus and what we were talking about, we're talking about what is health or what is fitness, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, I have four what I call pillars of fitness. Uh, fitness in general is, n- first of all, to understand fitness is not an end state. It's a, pro- it's a process. It's a journey. It's an idea. It's, it's a lot of things to mm-hmm. a lot of different people. Uh, in general, what you're looking at when you're saying, is someone fit, Okay. We're talking about strength, okay? And we're not talking about just someone who's strong. We talk, when we talk about strength, we're talking about endurance and stamina. We're talking about the ability to move weight, to move weight quickly, to move weight often, to move weight long distances, right? Moving weight, moving things, moving your body. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about mobility. And this is a word that a lot of people get confused with flexibility. Mm-hmm. Mobility includes flexibility, but it's also kind of intertwined with strength. So if I can move, you know, I, we talked about this earlier, if I can move my arm in all these different ranges of motion, now that we have video, people that are watching can see me doing this. Yeah, man. Right? We, if I can move my arm in all these different, different, you know, different ranges of motion and positions, that's flexibility. Mm-hmm. Being able to support weight and handle stress in every one of those positions is stability. The combination of the two is mobility. Okay, like so you can be flexible but not be mobile, and that what right mm-hmm. people don't understand that. So that's the two. There's those two go together. Um, there's metabolic conditioning. We you know we talk about uh, being doing cardio, and I've seen it's interesting. You know, as I'm putting this stuff together, I'm seeing a lot of things on YouTube and people posting about how cardio is worthless. You don't need to do cardio. I saw some. Uh, a, a brand in the keto space actually posted yesterday that we don't recommend cardio for any of our clients for fat loss. And that's cool. You know, that's their protocol. That's how they do it. Um, if you're looking to be fit and functional, then you need to do cardio. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it's part of how our body works. So if you want to be functionally fit, you need to include the three main ways that our body burns energy. Right, we have what we call the ATP, the phosphogene the pathway. We have the glycolytic pathway where your body burns glycogen. We have the oxidative pathway where your body burns fat. So, if you're only training in one of those, right, which most uh, powerlifters, a lot of bodybuilders, are maybe in usually in what ATP and phos- in, uh, glycolytic, Glycolyte, and yeah. they don't go into oxidative too much, except when they're doing their 45 or hour and a half of slow cardio, yeah, right, yeah. to burn to prep for something for a very finite period of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, you know, they get some of that range. 
um, runners, bikers are mostly in oxidative for most of the most of the time that they work and train. They very rarely do ATP or glycolytic training. So they are more fit than the normal person, but they are not optimally fit. Yeah. And to have someone say that a person who can run a marathon is not optimally fit, you might think, well, what? That doesn't make any sense. Well, they can't perform in all of the different ways that your body can perform. Yeah. And that is the definition of fitness. Totally. Right? So then the, the last thing that goes, that goes into fitness is your body's ability to recover after stress. Right? So not only is recovery a tool, but it is something you can train. You can train your body to recover faster and recover better by doing it. If you never give your body a chance to recover, your body will never learn how to recover. Right? Makes sense. So there's things that happen. You know, strength is built during recovery. Muscle is grown during recovery. Uh, inflammation is reduced. I mean, that is the definition of recovery, reduce, reduction of inflammation. So, I mean, all of these, these, these things happen. So if you're not getting sleep, if you're not taking days off, if you're not doing those active rest cycles in your program, then you're not training your body how to keep from injuring itself. That's essentially what that is. Yeah, right. that makes sense, man. Um, to, to speak on your point about the the three different you know ways the, mm-hmm. the glycolytic, the uh, you know ATP, and the yep. oxidative. I feel like so many people are guilty of only staying in their lane, so to speak, and they don't really go beyond that. I mean, I was super guilty of it in my traditional bodybuilding days of mm-hmm. the bro dieting. It's like, no, cardio is just evil. I don't do it. <laughs> you know, it's not my thing. Um, you know, you look down on people that do the other yep. things. It's like, they're just, they're weaklings, yada, yada, yada. Right. But now, you know, I, I've, I've committed to running a mile every day. I've run a marathon. I've done these things. I've, I've been a bodybuilder for 12 years. And it's like, I would, I benefit so much, not just physically, but like psychologically and emotionally mm-hmm. by having a fuller spectrum of my abilities. I mean, I feel like at any point, anybody should be able to just get up and, and run a mile. I don't care how much you can bench, how much you can squat, but if you can't run a mile, you're not that impressive to me. Right. And and the same is true. Like if you can't bench press your own body weight or you know squat your own body weight, especially if you can't pick up your own body weight, that's not impressive either. Right. So I feel like at any point you should be able to just be functional in life. Like I look at the things that I can do totally outside of the traditional setting of you know a gym training, you know, free weights and just simply living. Like when I'm at the farm splitting firewood, when I'm hiking mm-hmm. up a mountain with a weighted pack and a bow, it's like if if I wasn't fit and strong in the gym and ran like I do, then I wouldn't be able to do those things right. near the extent that I can. Right. And I feel like training is great, but I'm training for life, not for any one finite detail. So Absolutely. by able to do all three of those spectrums, life itself improves. Yeah, and and that's where the individuality comes into play because your life and what you do has different demands than mm-hmm. say my mom who's 66 years old. Right? She's got a completely different set of demands on her that in comparison may seem less, but for her they're just as much of a goal. Yeah. Right? So I and I use her as an example because she's 66. She's been a client of mine for 6 years. She yeah. started doing CrossFit when she was 60. I bet she could split some right? firewood. <laughs> she probably could. Yeah. <laughs> she loves to deadlift. I can tell you that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, during this whole COVID thing, lockdown, the first thing she did was like, hey, Bronson, I need help putting a gym in my basement. Since I can't go to the gym anymore, I need you, can you help me? So we put rubber matting in her basement. We got a rack. We got all this stuff. So she's down in the, in the basement. She's doing my home program. And she's nice. doing deadlifting. And she's doing all this stuff. It's awesome to see my mom, who never, until six years ago, never stepped into a gym. Mm-hmm right? She's a carnivore, right? She's been carnivore for about two years. She does basically CrossFit workouts at home. And, you know, her favorite thing to do is deadlift. And she, 
reversed osteoporosis. She's increased her bone density. How much like, she deadlifted, man? Right, I couldn't tell you right now. Right now, <laughs> I know. I know she's doing. She's doing pretty good because she just got a. I got her a Olympic bar nice. for, for Christmas. Nice. So now she's got a whole bunch of stuff to do with stuff with. So, That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's great. Um, we're actually gonna do. We're actually doing a video this weekend with her. I'll, I'll be doing one with her. So, so she came to you and she was self-motivated to, to turn things well, around. So she was supporting her son when I opened my gym. So mm -hmm. I opened a CrossFit gym seven years ago. Oh, crap. Wow. That seems so long ago. Yeah. Uh, so I opened a CrossFit gym seven years ago and, you know, she's going to support her son. So she came to the gym. She's in the area. And, you know, she's at first, she's like, I'm not ready for CrossFit. Can you just do personal training? I was like, all right, cool. And then we did that probably for a year. I don't remember exactly how long we did that. And then she was like, okay, I'll try a class and try a class. And then she really liked the community aspect mm. of having other people there that she could uh, get to know, build relationships with, you know, in a workout, even though she's doing less weight or different movements or whatever else, there's someone there next to her that's working just as hard. Yeah. And kind of like, hey, if they're still going and they haven't quit yet, that means I can keep going and I'm going to keep going. And, you know, it just, uh, it was really motivating for her to, to go through that process. And this is a, an often unspoken aspect of fitness is the development of self-worth, the development of self-confidence, and seeing that you can do more than you thought you could. Yeah. And every day when you go to the gym, every day, I think I posted about this a few weeks ago, every time you work out is an opportunity to build on a success, every single time. It is an opportunity to look at something positive that you're doing and say, I did that. That's more than 99% of the other people in the world did. That's more than I wanted to do this morning because I didn't want to come to the gym. And I did anyways, and I lifted weight, and I moved weight, and I improved my health, and I improved my mental state, and all these things, right? Every single time you go to the gym, you go to your basement, you pick up a weight, is an opportunity to, to build success. That's true, man. I like, you know? I like it a lot. I feel like the psychological aspect of what I've gained from coming from the gym, what so many other people have came, gained from coming to the gym, is like you you can't put a price on that no. you know like that's you, you can't even begin to put a price on that what's, what's cool was that your mom has been doing that for as long as she has now mm -hmm. she's motivated to continue getting better i feel like a lot of people have that experience they see how much the gym improves their life and they try and get their folks into it yeah and that oftentimes ends in dismay disaster <laughs> disaster um so you can't really motivate anybody to do anything like it's got to come yeah. from within so it's awesome that she's on that page and, and on that journey uh, because she wants to be yeah and it's a it's definitely a patience game so she's doing it my brother after numerous years messaged me about six months ago and was like dude i've tried everything what's this carnivore thing mm -hmm. you know i mean i've been doing it for almost three years right and i've been telling everybody hey this is awesome but it took almost three years for him to say okay what's the deal so he's got some mental you know some mental health things he's got uh, colitis he's got uh he's had multiple concussions like he's got all, all, a bunch of medical issues that within three months he was messaging me like dude i feel better than i have ever felt before my colitis is not acting up my mental state is better i have more energy i've lost tons of, of fat uh my wife my my sister you know his wife my sister-in-law um not even exercising she's lost like 40 pounds it's crazy just man. because now he's eating the way she's making the food like they're all doing the same thing now as a family they're all basically carnivore and she's like holy crap what's going on i got all these clothes i haven't worn in years so you know you the more you push it on your family and close people in close circle the more they're gonna fight it yeah the more you keep your mouth shut and just do your thing and demonstrate success the more likely they are to try it themselves and they may try it and never even tell you 
Yeah. But you have to be okay with that. Don't push it. Yeah, 100%, man. I feel like, you know, I've, I've made mistakes in doing that. I've pushed things on people in the past, and it just always ends in disaster, like you said. Mm-hmm. I mean, the best way to motivate people to do anything is just live in success, and okay. they'll pay attention. That People notice things that you don't really even realize they're noticing. But you just keep, I mean, going back to business, like we talked about in business, yeah. you know, doing your own thing, doubling down on that, and not worrying about what everybody else is doing. Just putting those blinders on and getting to work and hustling. Yeah. People notice that. Yeah, yeah. It's like if, if for anybody listening that's a parent, you know, you guys aren't aren't there yet. Um, I've got four kids. <laughs> Man, I love I love being I love being a parent. They're all older now, so they're all adults now. So it's it's a whole different experience. But um, as a as a parent doing things, your kids do stuff, and you're it's like you're looking at a mirror. But you're like, where did you get that from? Yeah. Uh, how did you know? Like, how did you pick up on that nuance, or how did you pick up on that phrase or that facial expression or whatever it may be? It's like. You know, it's not like I try, I practice with you how to make that eye tick or that eye lift or that phrase or whatever it is. They just pick it up. Yeah. And everyone's like that. Yeah. It's crazy, man. I'm, I'm not a parent like Sid, but yeah. uh, I'm going to be learning a bunch of stuff when, <laughs> when that time comes for sure. It's it's an experience. It's fun. It'll change your life for yeah. sure. What's next on the uh, on the list? Then, so, man? yeah. So when we talk about what is fitness, um, so we talked about the 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 four what i call pillars where everything everything fits into those four buckets right Mm -hmm. we talk about strength we talk about mobility we talk about metabolic pathways or metabolic conditioning and we talk about recovery uh within that we have what are commonly called the 10 components of fitness okay and i'll just read them off real quick they're cardio respiratory endurance cardio okay Uh, stamina strength flexibility power speed coordination accuracy agility and balance okay now how many of those 10 things come to people's mind when they think about being in shape there's a there's more that don't come than there's that more do, that probably. don't absolutely <laughs> right so most people think about getting in shape some stuff on here they don't some people don't even think about any of the stuff on here yeah some people think about six packs being lean having big biceps having big quads benching 400 pounds that's their their idea of fitness yeah and so trying to let people know like that is not fitness just because someone can bench 400 pounds doesn't mean they're fit i know people that can bench 600 pounds that are more unfit than they are fit yeah right uh so those are not the accurate things so when we're talking about endurance i'm gonna i have a, a quick little like one sentence thing right so ask your ask yourself these questions when we talk about cardio cardiorespiratory endurance how long can you go that's what that's about. How long can you sustain effort? Okay. Whether it's at a high level, whether it tapers off at the end, it doesn't matter. Like how long can you go before you absolutely have to stop? I mean, that's with any, any activity, any right? activity, like We're talking bicep about, curls, for instance. Uh, well, that's a little bit different. So then we talk, that's the next one, which is kind of cool. You segue into that. That is stamina. So cardiorespiratory endurance are talking primarily lungs and heart, okay. <clears throat> right? Your body's ability to, to utilize fat for fuel. We talk about stamina. We're talking more about your body's, your muscles' ability to continually use, replenish, and reuse fuel. So we talk about like a football player, right? Football player. Sprint, 10 seconds, 45-second break. Next down, sprint, 10 seconds, 45-second break. Sprint, and they do got to do that for an hour. Yeah. That's stamina. Gotcha. Right. That's not. There is cardio in there because their 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 heart and their lungs will be working over time. But the focus on that is how long can their muscles, how long can they can that offensive lineman keep pushing the defensive lineman, 
and then wait 45 seconds and then do it again. Right, right. Right, that's stamina. Uh, and so that is, that's, that's the, the thing I have there is how long can you sustain a high level of effort, right? So with stamina, it's more about can I perform at this level and then keep performing at that level for a long period of time. Gotcha. Right, so endurance, we think about can I, when, how long do I go before I stop? It doesn't matter if I'm fast at the beginning and slow at the end. How long can I keep going? Stamina is how long can you maintain that same level all the way through. Gotcha. Then there's strength. Flat out, how much can you move? How much weight, how much force can you generate to move an object? That'd be pretty similar to like power. That's output. power. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that. It is. Um, it's, a, it's the main component in power. The difference, and we can flip to that, the difference between power and strength is that power is also a combination of speed. Gotcha. Right? So speed is another component of fitness, and that's pretty much how quickly can you go from point A to point B. So when you, when you combine point A, you know, how quickly can you go from point A to point B with how much can you move, then you that's get power. power. That's how much, how quickly can you move X weight from point A to point B. Gotcha. That's power. Gotcha. Okay. Um, then we have flexibility, right? How, how can you, what's your range of motion in all your joints? Okay. And then coordination. Can you feel and control complex movement? Okay. Can I tap my head and rub my belly and chew gum at the same time, right? <laughs> That's pretty much coordination, right? It, it, it's can I pull my arms and bend my knees and my hips at the same time, right? Can I squat and hold a kettlebell at the same time? Can I do multiple things with different parts of my body in combination? Coordination is tough, man. Right? That's, that's a tough one. A lot of people, they, like again, they stay in the same lane right. and they don't, they don't introduce variability. I, I love sprinting and running in like super thick woods. Yeah. Because that's all coordination. Yeah. You know? Well, and, and that's coordination, agility, and there's balance in there as well. Yeah. We need to talk about that. And those are the, the next things, right? Accuracy, agility, and, and balance. Um, and let's go back to variability because that's the key to fitness. Yeah. That is the key to fitness. I got to write that down. Actually, the key to fitness is variability. I like that, man. Um, Make some t-shirts. There you go. <laughs> so coordination, uh, accuracy, and movement. Can you make your body do what you want it to? I like it. Right? Can I, can I, hand-eye coordination, yes, but can I make, if I'm, if I'm telling you as a coach that you need to put your weight in your heels, engage your hamstrings, and pop your hips in a kettlebell swing, can you make your body do that? Can you feel where things are and actually execute those specific directions? That's accuracy, right? Most people, many people can't feel, can't feel that and don't know how to engage and, and make that stuff happen because they're not used to what we call proprioception. They're not used to developing the ability to feel and control their body. See that, like when you, when you talk about that, it's like I immediately go to, to bodybuilding posing. Yeah, like really yeah absolutely. Bodybuilding posing. There's, absolutely. There's so many things that, like when you're, when you're posing at a high level, like as a professional bodybuilder, your ability to make particular muscle fibers pop, whereas most people have no idea what muscle is even, you know, you know, in control of that movement yeah. is, is impressive to me. Like I yep. love that. And that, I mean, that's, that's a very, it takes, and right it there. takes immense practice. Yeah. Absolutely. Immense practice. Um, the, the, 
the most common, and this just kind of came to my head because I was thinking about how I taught myself how to engage different muscles and things like that. I actually use a lot of isometrics mm-hmm. when I when I was doing it. So, you know, either that or, or slow tempo stuff, like slow curls, mm-hmm. right? Try to figure, okay, how do I make that move without engaging my shoulder or doing different things? You know, isometric chest presses to try to, how do I activate my pecs, things like that. Um, one of the most common common things and this is kind of funny that i'm thinking about this that is an example of proprioception and control of say, say that word slower proprioception 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 yeah um is the rock and his little peck 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 well, i don't <laughs> peck know what dance, you want to call yeah. it his little peck <laughs> dance thing that he does right that is control the ability to specifically isolate those muscles and make them dance yeah that is that is accuracy of movement. He can make those muscles do exactly what he wants them to do. That's true. Right? That's true. His, his little eyelid, his little eye thing, that's the same thing. I, right? can, I can make the pecs dance, but I cannot I do can, the eyelid I can't do. I can kind of do the eye <laughs> thing, but not a lot. Um, so then there's agility. Agility is, you could almost say a component of speed, but it's the ability to move from one, di- one change direction. So not just point A to point B, but point A to B to C to D. That's agility? That's agility, right? Gotcha. To change direction. If I'm going left, how fast can I change direction and go right? If I'm going forward, how fast can I change direction and go backwards? Right? That's agility. Um, and then balance, which is particularly when we talk about older people, right? We talk about fall prevention. We talk about balance, falling downstairs, falling upstairs, things like that. Balance is huge, and you need strength, mm-hmm. and you need practice in order to maintain that and manage it, right? So balance is another one. Um, and that is, can you use your body unilaterally, one side at a time? And that is the ten, uh, the, the ten components of fitness. Ten components of fit- fitness. Yeah. Is there a particular fitness activity or genre that you feel best embodies all of those? You know what I'm going to say. I, I assume probably going to say CrossFit. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and me, I mean, that, that hurts me, you know, as a bodybuilder, hearing you say that. But I mean, I can't really deny it because. Yeah. I mean, there's just. There's just not a lot of that focus in a lot of other activities, other there, genres. Well, there aren't any in, in any. Yeah. Uh, there, I won't say there aren't any in any. Because, I mean, a good personal training, none of the stuff, I mean, these 10 components of fitness are part of what every CrossFit coach is taught from day one. Mm-hmm. Okay, that these are the 10 components, and then this is how the CrossFit program directly affects all 10 of these. All right? Um, and that doesn't mean that CrossFit's the only one that does it. There, I'm sure there are other programs. There are none that are as uh, widely used, as widely known, um, that are managed and taught as well. That's something that I think is not talked about enough is the over the, the world-class standard that CrossFit has for its training um, that is just kind of blows every, blows every other program out, out of the water. Um, but, yeah, I mean... I, I've been I've been a CrossFit coach since 2014. I think I got my level one in 2014. Um, I'm a level three now, so I'm a certified uh, CrossFit certified trainer, uh, which is the the there's one more level that's higher than what I have as far as CrossFit coaches go. Um, I've actually got a word of respect for, for CrossFit. I did CrossFit for three months, mm-hmm. uh, but I was doing it in tandem with bodybuilding. I couldn't give up bodybuilding. It sure. was just too much. It was just too much on my joints. Like I would wake up early and do CrossFit, and I would come That's back and do bodybuilding. It was just That's too much. Yeah, yeah. Um, but why do you think CrossFit gets such a bad rap from so many people? Well, how much conspiracy theory do you want? 
do you want to hear? So, and it's actually not conspiracy theory. So a little bit of history on the whole CrossFit is going to kill you idea, right? So CrossFit came onto the scene, um, the big players, right? NASM, NSCA, all the big, the big players in the fitness industry basically funded a bunch of studies and came out with reports that were blatantly falsified mm. that said, you know, CrossFit is bad. It's going to hurt you. Uh, I they, think, were they talking about just like joints and mobility wise, or what were they so basically they did a study of of a, a, a gym, a couple different gyms, and tracked the perform, you know, tracked their attendance and all this stuff, and then rated how how many, what percentage of them get injured and that kind gotcha, of thing. Gotcha, gotcha. And a, a lot of the information, the studies themselves were flawed from the beginning, and then the report themselves was way over embellished. There's a bunch of issues with it, um, and that became the standard because they were at the top mm-hmm. of fitness, right? They're the ones that published the American Journal of Fitness and all these things, right? That's where all this stuff was published. Um, and basically, blackballed, tried to blackball CrossFit out of the industry. Mm. Um, I want to say in 2018, don't quote me on that. You, we, anybody can look this up on Google. Um, I want to say in 2018, CrossFit actually won a suit against all these guys and basically said look you know everything that was put in these these reports is false gotcha um there have been other studies done since that show that the injury rate in crossfit is no higher than any other sport activity when was it launched uh like officially as a sport uh well as a training methodology greg glassman i I don't remember exactly when he started it because it basically started as greg glassman was was the ceo until last year he just sold it um, he basically started as a personal trainer and kind of developed it as his own protocol. And then it kind of grew into a thing. Somebody contacted him and said, hey, I want to do what you're doing at this other place. Can I start a gym and follow your thing? He said, sure. And then it just kind of grew, right? So now there's 13,000 I mean, it grew like gyms. wildfire. Yeah, there's 13,000 sure. gyms in the world. That's it's the largest fitness program in the world. That's crazy. And it's man. been around, I think the first games, official you know, event of the games, I think was in 2009. So it's been around for a little bit. And for anybody to say that it is not, there, there are numbers out there um, on how many people have seen, I want to say, I, I want to say somebody did a study on diabetes. Uh, or they have got some information on the number of people that have been in CrossFit gyms and reverse diabetes just from doing CrossFit. And wow. it's, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. I feel like there's so many people that get a bad rap about CrossFit because they, they just go to YouTube and they see the CrossFit fails with like a nine-month sure. pregnant woman sure. doing clean and jerks. Sure. And <laughs> that's what well, everybody thinks of. Yeah, there's a lot of things with it. So, number one, it came up fast mm-hmm. in the big scheme of things. It really did come up fast. Um, it was so different, so it became a... a uh, not a, a trend, a fad, a seemingly a fad, when really it wasn't. Um, but there's there's a couple things that all kind of came together at the in the early days to kind of make it like what is what is this? This is crazy. The games, so the CrossFit games, and the focus on the sport performance aspect of CrossFit as opposed to helping everyday people. Yeah, because that's where the focus really is. Gotcha. Um, which is a couple of years ago why the the company CrossFit HQ itself kind of dematerialized a lot of the game stuff 
to take some of the focus off and said, look, we need to start focusing on the people we're actually trying to help and stop focusing on the sport performance side of it because they're two completely different animals. CrossFit for sport and what you see when you go to ESPN and you, you know ESPN and you see the CrossFit games is NFL football. Yeah. Right? That that's the elite of the elite of the elite that are doing that. That is their job. That is what they do every day. So it's a great entertainment. It's it's great entertainment value. It's great for someone to go, "Wow, what is that? I've never seen that stuff before." It's a great spokes spokes model it's a great pr tool to get the name crossfit out there to get people exposed to olympic lifting and powerlifting which most people have never been exposed to yeah so since the 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 advent of crossfit olympic lifting has taken off in the u.s it's blown up it's crazy usa powerlifting has taken off usa weightlifting has taken off like things have seriously improved for those organizations because of crossfit that's that's a good point because the olympic lifting was again i'm kind of speaking uh you know out of out of context because i don't really know that's never really been my forte but it yeah. seemed just as a as a bystander that that had really kind of waned in popularity for quite yep. some time it used to be the thing i mean yep. that was that's what everything was right uh before bodybuilding that was the olympic lifting um but then now that you've had crossfit gain the popularity and hype that it has i feel like there's been a lot more interest in the olympic lifting. absolutely at 100 more gyms there's I, and I don't know the exact numbers, but in my own personal experience from what I've seen, um, more gyms are including Olympic lifting. There are more Olympic lifting actual gyms now than there used to be. Uh, more powerlifting gyms. Like, it's all, it's all blown up. It's all gotten better. That's good. You know? and, the, and, and what that does for those people that are interested is it just creates more options, right? If you're interested in, in doing something but you think Olympic lifting just looks too scary and complicated but you still want to do something to get stronger, then go do powerlifting. Yeah. Right? If you or not sure about any of it, just go to a CrossFit class. You'll get exposed to a little bit of everything. You'll get exposed to kettlebell stuff. You'll get exposed to, you know, Olympic lifting, powerlifting, gymnastics. You get a little bit of all of it. You get exposed to endurance work. So the thing as far as the bad rap goes, getting back to that, is not just the the establishment trying to keep CrossFit out of it, Mm -hmm. but just like any organized system, right, who, where you 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 are handing off the responsibility of executing that system to people all over the world okay you're gonna have people who don't do it right yeah you're gonna have people who have a different mentality than the person coming in the door so you know we talk about individuality everything's different based on your goals if i'm a gym owner and i'm 25 years old and i used to play college football and i now in in crossfit and i own a gym Chances are I'm going to be super competitive and I'm going to want to try to get to the games and I want to try to compete in CrossFit the sport and I'm going to attract other people that want to do the same thing. That's a good point. Right. So if you're a 45 year old guy who's 50 pounds overweight looking for someplace to get in shape, you're going to walk into that gym and probably not connect. Mm -hmm. Right. You may try a class that coach is not probably going to be as able to relate to you because that's not them. They're trying to lift as much and move it lift as much weight as possible and move as fast as possible. So it's a very good chance you might not connect. If you go to a gym like the one that I own, right, where I'm 48 years old, my goal is to be able to get off the toilet when I'm 80 years old by myself. Yeah. Right. And you're a 45 year old guy who's 50 pounds overweight. I'm going to relate to you. You're going to relate to me. We're going to find a way to make something work for you, and I'm going to take the time to help you figure that out. So it will be a completely different experience. 
neither of those have anything to do with CrossFit. That's true. It's true. It's a good right? point. But because we both have CrossFit on the door, that's just that's, kind of what it gets labeled that's as. That's what it's labeled as. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. What about the, uh, I don't want to drive too too much of a tangent here. But no, no. What about the- It's all about tangents. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the CrossFit community as a whole, they kind of all band together when it comes to nutrition, for instance. Like you mm -hmm. see a lot of CrossFitters all touting, carrying the same flag when it comes to nutrition. Um, and I think right now, paleo is what's hot in the- it's changing. It's changing. It's changing. All right. Well, changing. elaborate, man. I'm yeah. curious. So this is funny you say this because I actually just did an interview with um, Jocelyn. I keep forgetting her last name. She's the keto athlete on Instagram. She's a level four trainer, so she's one level higher than me. Um, <laughs> but she's been. She's owned a gym. She's a she's a great trainer, great person. Um, she's owned a gym for almost 12 years in Canada, um, and she went keto. I want to say three or four years ago. And before keto really became a thing, particularly in CrossFit, there are more people in CrossFit doing keto now. Um, there are still a lot of people in CrossFit who are like, you can't do keto and CrossFit because blah, 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 blah. And more and more of us are starting to show them, yes, you can. Now, traditional CrossFit back in the day used something called the zone diet. I don't know if you've ever yep, yep. heard of the zone diet. So that was what was taught, zone diet. You get your blocks, you get your blocks of this, you is get your blocks of that. Is it actually taught? Like that's what is formally taught that what is what was formally taught huh, gotcha. um i don't know exactly what they're teaching right now but i do know that on the crossfit website when you look at nutrition you look at some of the articles and the videos that they're posting now under nutrition gary taubes really? right then there's more and more people i think i saw something from fetke and um there was one other guy um fung so they're making Dr. progress. Fung. So they're making progress. That's so awesome. they're starting to, to bring some of these ideas in like, hey, wait, the, you know, there isn't one way. And yes, you can have success on the zone diet. I don't think many people do. And it's really a pain in the ass. They paint it to be really easy to it's, follow. Gosh, it's, not it's not at all. It's really not. Um, and, you know, some people, do, paleo is probably right now still the top of where most people are at. Um, simply because a lot of people still don't understand that the reliance on carbs is an unneeded yeah. aspect of the whole thing. Yeah. Well, it's good, man. It's, it's good to see that the trajectory is true there. Yeah, it's it's. I think I think they they really are trying to provide good information, and I don't think I've never seen. I mean, CrossFit. You know, it's 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 one of those things, right? You know, you're the you're the rebel until you're at the top. Yeah. Right, and I I think they're at the top, but they still, in many ways, have the the mentality that they're still a rebel, so they're not too set in everything has to be done a certain way and there's only one way to do it good i've seen good. And, and particularly with the new ownership i think that's even going to get better i'm excited to see what happens man. Yeah. i mean I, i've got a lot of people that i'm very close with that are very devout you know mm -hmm. crossfitters and yep. you oftentimes see this this you know kind of banging heads between bodybuilders and crossfitters oh yeah, oh, yeah. And i'm not that that way <laughs> like more power to them you know do whatever you want to do sure I'm definitely a hardcore bodybuilder in the yep. mix, but yep. uh, I respect the CrossFitters. I, th yeah. I think the main thing is just like having proper form. And like for me, what I did not like about CrossFit is the the particular CrossFit gym that I went to. There was like mm -hmm. seventy people there, and there's one instructor. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And it was just it was too much for one person to Absolutely. handle. And form sacrifices, yep. especially people that are new coming into it. And it's it's kind of like. It's the perfect breeding ground for form to suffer because mm -hmm. it's against the clock. 
Sure. And you're wanting to just beat the time. Sure. And people who don't know how to move properly don't have those ten uh, tenants. And right. And there's and there's no and if there's no coaching, if the coaching isn't spread out enough. Yeah. To match the number of people, then there's no there's no coach to remind people like, hey, who don't worry about the clock. Yeah. Your form is more important. I would rather have so. And this is the thing about people being you know apprehensive about the clock. The clock is there to help you gauge your p- performance in progress. Yeah. In progression, not right then. Yeah, it's true. Right. So the idea is, if you perform proper technique consistently at a certain time, we'll say. Then you can increase the intensity and you can try to go a little faster while maintaining good form. It isn't sacrifice form just to beat the clock. Yeah. That's the wrong that you're not helping anything then. You're never going to get better because you're just enforcing bad movement. You're enforcing compensation. You're enforcing a mentality that's going to get you hurt. The uh, So I, I've changed. I've restructured my, my bodybuilding split mm-hmm. and I've... I've I've not cared one iota about the time per se, or even so much the weight lifted if yeah. it comes at the expense of form. Yes. So I focused just very, very religiously on perfecting form as, as it relates to my breathing, mm-hmm. you know, the movement itself, mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. And on the my final set of all of my heavy primary compound movements, like my deadlift, bench press, uh, overhead press, and squat, I'll do pause reps. And I'll do pause yeah. reps, and I will not allow myself to add more weight to the bar until I'm able to achieve 10 solid reps with pause rep form flawlessly. There. And I feel like by having myself set to that standard, I don't allow – like there's no room for me to mess, mess, mistake. Absolutely. You know, and, you're mistake. Going, and in the long run, you're going to be stronger. Yeah, absolutely. For it. And that's where people don't understand. Like yeah, I, I've, I've, had, I've had clients that, you know, they, they come in the door, they're, you know, squatting 400 pounds. And I'm like, you've got three or four things that you're doing that are going to, one, hurt you and are keeping you from squatting 500 pounds. Yeah. And when you work with them on that, they get into the form, you know, you make the corrections, they try it, and then 300 pounds becomes hard. Mm-hmm. Right? But if they stick with it and they maintain those corrections and they fix the things that are the problem, they're back at 400, then it's 450, then it's 500, then it's 525. And they're like, holy crap, you know? Yeah. It's like, well, you stopped compensating with things that weren't built to handle that weight and you started using the things that are meant to handle that weight yep. and now you're strong it's weird man like with you strength know? with with like hitting prs people always want to hit prs with, right with rightly so you know right but it becomes like this weird superstition like if the music's not right <laughs> if i'm not breathing the proper way if i don't yell a certain number of times it's like baseball you know pitchers <laughs> that go up to the, right. to the mound to pitch a certain way it's just weird so like i took all that out of the equation like i want to mm-hmm. be able to perform the same movement with flawless form regardless of what I had for food that day, yes. regardless of my sleep, regardless of what music's on the radio, yep. like just walk into the gym and freaking own it without ever even raising my voice, you yep. know, just just have perfect, flawless yep. form. Yeah, that and that's, I love hearing that from people uh, because it's very few people that get that yeah. and understand that. that you know, the, the guy that owns the gym I'm currently working out of now, he's very much that way. You know, and we both have this idea that we want every rep to look beautiful. Yeah. Right, we want every rep, whether I'm warming up with it this is something that drives me absolutely crazy. If anybody that's in any of my classes is listening to this or any of my clients, if you're warming up and your warm-up form looks like crap, don't even think about putting weight on the bar. Yeah. Right? Your warm-up should be the best mm-hmm. way that you move the whole entire workout. Because that is how you are telling your body what you're about to do under stress. Yep. And if you can't do the warm-up properly, you better not be stressing your body with it. 
Yeah, I, I treat the 45-pound bar the same way I, I treat it with 315 pounds on it. Like Absolutely. I, I even wrap it with my – I mean, I do everything. Absolutely. Like, I, I do it the exact thing. same thing. Yep. I think that's – I mean, that habit subconsciously over time right. compound, like we were saying earlier, that's where that's where the success is going to come from. Yeah, I get it all the time. Like, you know, I'm warming up with this. Like, okay, well, you know this – yeah, I just – wait till I get some weight on the bar, then I'll be able to do it. I'm like – yeah, not what? backwards. What do you know? That's not how it works. Yeah. <laughs> like you got to be able to. You should be able to do this with a PVC pipe. Yep. With no weight at all, and get in the proper position and do what you're doing. Like that's that's where 100%. you need to be. So. Yeah. I, I've been going off on a tangent, man. What's the next thing on your list? Oh there? gosh, uh, hold on. Let me see what we got here. These tangents are good though. I mean, because it's all part of fitness, right? We're talking about yeah. how to look at fitness and and what to do here. Um, so when we talk about the ten components, okay, uh, we talk about a training program. Um, there are really two ways to train those things. Okay. And we're going to break them down. So there's train, there's a difference between training and practice. Mm -hmm. Okay. Training is a physiological adaptation. Okay. Practice is a neurological ad adaptation. So when you're practicing something, you are training your brain and your nervous system, how to react and how to do what it needs to do right? That's where speed, like you're training speed, right? That's actually speed and power are two things that are kind of a combination of the two. They're, they're the, they overlap. So we talk about training, things that are physiological changes, cardio, 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 respiratory endurance, stamina, strength, and flexibility. Those are physiological things. I'm elongating, I'm stretching, I'm increasing range of motion, I'm building muscle, mm -hmm. right? I'm growing muscle, those, those types of things. I'm improving the ability of my body to burn and use energy and becoming more efficient in my metabolic pathways. Um, coordination, accuracy, balance, and agility are neurological. Those are things that your nervous system needs to change and adapt to in order to be better, right? Feeling balance and being able to control that is a neurological thing. Right, being able to control this the the direction that you're going when you're changing directions in agility, right? Being able to control my left arm and my right leg and my hips all at the same time, whatever I'm doing, that is all neurological. Power and speed are a combination of the two. So you can change, you can improve speed through physical things by improving strength, right? If you get stronger, you will move faster. As yep. we saw today in our run. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to okay. bring that up. But, uh. <laughs> right? So we went for a mile run today, and you beat me by, like, what, a minute, minute and a half? Um, I ran super slow today. I really don't know what was up with it was that. A, it was the plane, man, the jet it was lag. The, it, it was jet lag, that's it. We'll call it jet lag, <laughs> even though I was going back in time. Um, so if you're stronger, you'll move faster. And on the same, the same speed, if you're moving faster, then your power movements are also going to increase. So being able to understand that there is different types of training to create different types of adaptations. Again, variability. This is where we go into variability. And this is where going back to CrossFit. This is why this is why the, the, the CrossFit methodology is groundbreaking in a lot of ways because it put a lot of people have been doing all this stuff for right. years. There's just none of this none none of the science, none of these concepts are new. Mm -hmm. Okay. But he, he was able to pull the stuff together and explain it and put it in an order that just made sense, right? The CrossFit methodology is to perform constantly varied functional movement at high intensities. Yeah. That's right? all you need. Constantly varied functional movement at high intensity. 
That's it. It's not that complicated. Now, where people get a little confused is constantly varied. There's, that's very different than random. Mm-hmm. Random is random. Right. We don't know what we're doing when. Yes, that will create some variation, but you may do the same. You may run run a mile every day for three weeks if you're just randomly picking things. Yeah, it's hard, right? to, it's hard to progress when it's, it's hard random. to progress when it's random. So there has to be progression. There has to be a plan in place, and they do they do cover and teach. There is a methodology that CrossFit uses for that plan, um, but it's it's varied because we want you to get training in the ATP pathway in the in the glycolytic pathway in the oxidative pathway we want you to get training in lifting lightweight for many reps and lifting heavyweight for light rep for low reps right we want you to get training in how to move your body and how to move weight right we want you to get training in running and rowing and gymnastics and olympics olympic lifting and powerlifting and kettlebell work and dumbbell work and you know all these different things so we all that stuff is in there because it's all effective yeah, but you can't do any one of them to exclusion. That's a good point. Is there any? Is there a point at which somebody may lose out on excelling in a specific, um, you know, specialty focus? Oh yeah, absolutely. By by going the more CrossFit holistic route and just tackling it all at once. Yes and no, depending on where the person's at. If you have somebody who has been specialized in a sport or a specific athletic endeavor, and they go to CrossFit. Um, and focus solely on the overall CrossFit methodology, then they will lose performance in that specific endeavor. Absolutely. Um, They may, and depending on the, and this is very subjective, depending on the coaching, the style of training that they get, where they go, they may see some improvement because they may learn how to move better Mm. if they get good coaching, right? So they may initially, so it's it's a give and take a little bit, it could be it could be one of those scenarios where they're really good at something. They go to the CrossFit, they learn some new things, they get exposed to some movements and some patterns or some adaptations they hadn't been used to before, and then they go back, and then they can be better and excel because they've exposed themselves and broadened their repertoire up a little bit. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but while they're there, and if they stay there for for a period of time, they may initially lose some of that. Sure. One thing I I admire about crossfit is that you can be up and running with very minimal gear and equipment yes i mean most crossfit gyms compared to a bodybuilding gym is just incredibly under you know under equipped oh yeah well but you can do differently you differently do. equipped yeah yeah it's um and yeah and that's again going back to the the detractors yeah i think that's probably the biggest detractor when it comes to crossfit gyms is that almost anyone can start one yeah, that's, right. that's a good point. Right, so point. it's a great, It's the barrier to entry is super low. It's $3,000 for the affiliate license to be able to put CrossFit on your door. Every year you pay 3000 3, um, bucks, And then equipment, like when I opened my gym, it was a little over $100,000 in equipment. I mean, some squat racks and some bumper right? plates and bars. And yeah, I mean, I got I had, an, I had a, um, a five-squat a, a five rig, a five-squat rack rig, um, and I don't remember how many hundreds of pounds of plates, you know, full set of plates, dumbbells, kettlebells. I think I started off with like five rowers, eventually got to like 10 rowers, then got some, and then over the years got, you know, some air bikes and some other things and, and like that. But why is the rower, the rower and the airdyne bikes, I think, those are the two preferred forms of cardio you see in most CrossFit gyms. Yeah. Why, is, why those two over any other options? Um, other options as in what? 
Just like any other form of car, like the Stairmasters, the ellipticals, treadmill, stuff like that. Um, Stairmasters are one expensive and they break all the time. That's true. <laughs> it's like Hale's going to gym for Stairmaster and they always been out of order. They're always <laughs> broken, man. They're always broken. Do you think after fifty years now or whatever, how long have they been around? They'd figure that out. Um, well, because one, it's uh, they're easy. They're they're cheaper as mm-hmm. a as a mass as a commercial product. They're cheaper, um, but they also really they hit all the needs yeah right they you can use an air bike or a rower to do endurance stamina right cardiac output work output like you can do all kinds of different things on them so you're not stuck with any one thing if you get on i mean gosh the cost of an air bike versus a peloton or one of those you know yeah spin bikes is astronomical vastly vastly different um so yeah i mean they're just the most economical you know commercial products you can buy and pretty much anybody can use them you can yeah. teach anybody to row you can teach i mean you don't really have to teach anybody and they're really good bike, on your so. joints like you're and, not yeah. going to have any kind of risk of injury yeah compared there's to, al- comparatively yeah there's also not every gym has a place you can run yeah. there's a lot of crossfit gyms that are stuck in spots where you just like in my gym we had uh like a 125 meter parking lot area that we had to do laps in and stuff like that when we needed to run more than 200 meters or something gotcha um so we did you know we did a lot of bike and rowing stuff i love it man i yeah. love it we've you've we're increased whole, my respect for we're a whole sport, crossfit sure. crossfit podcast now yeah <laughs> um well and i mean not intentionally but it just kind of goes to show that when you talk about what is fitness it, crossfit has a really good definition and a really good methodology for really you know helping people with that yeah i mean like when I stop and I think about what CrossFit is at its core, what it was intended to be at its core, right? Like I've got nothing but good things to say about it. Like, right. like I feel like a lot of, again, I'm a devout bodybuilder, but I feel like so many bodybuilders sell themselves short mm-hmm. by not exposing themselves to other options out there by working on the mobility, by working on the agility, by working yeah. on balance coordination. Like these are pretty foreign terms to mainstream bodybuilding. Like you, right. you, you do meet bodybuilders that are, have been in it for a long time that, that do emphasize those and they should mm-hmm. because they, they see the benefit to, it, especially as they get older. Right. But, uh, it, I think that's probably more of an oddity than not. Yeah. And as they get older, right. They start yeah. looking at other ways like, okay, I still want to do this, but I'm falling apart. What do I need to do? Oh, yeah. Mobility. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. other stuff. Like, wait a second. And admittedly, I mean, like we were, I got back from that run today and I yeah. say, I never stretch, man. Yeah. I never stretch. <laughs> yeah. So I went for a cool down after the run and he didn't know. <laughs> yeah. I just went, <laughs> went back to the normal day to day. <laughs> yeah. I probably should work on that for sure. Yeah. Because I mean, it's, it, it is super important. We talk about, um, one of the, for a coach, one of the ways that a good coach evaluates movement is during the warm-up. Yeah. If you're a good coach and you have don't have 70 people in your class, I can't believe. Really? I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. That's crazy. So just for reference, guys, a good ratio for coaching is 5 to 10 people per coach. Yeah, that makes sense. So if you have 20 sense. people in a class, you should have two people. Yeah. Two coaches. That's really how it should be. Um, anyways, that's a segue. <laughs> that's a personal thing that I have. A little rant that, there. Yeah. Um, if if you're if you have a good coach and or if you're doing it on your own whatever it may be you know your warm up is like i said before you should be perfect in your warm up as perfect as possible and that is your indicator for that day where do i push it where do i not push it what do i need to focus on in the rest of the stuff i'm doing in this workout yeah is the warm up so yeah now that makes sense man as far as warm up i'd be curious to get your take on this mm-hmm. what what's your opinion of like the the statics like a lot of people here warm up they think of like static stretches yeah 
And I've always kind of gravitated more towards the dynamic stretches, Absolutely. like basically just replicating what I'm about to do in the yep. movement itself. Yes. So there's two two pieces to this. One is the types of warm-ups, and then two is the type of central nervous system activation. So <clears throat> when we talk about um, warm-ups, we're talking about sp- a general warm-up and a specific warm-up, okay? Um, hold on one second. got to pull this because I actually wrote something down about this. I want to make sure I get the right. I feel like a lot of people – just do the static like toe toe touch and holds right before they do squats and they're they're doing themselves more of a disservice by doing that because they're just loosening all of those uh, muscle fibers well they're not really activating anything yeah at that point so when you have so there's the general warm-up the general warm-up is where you activate the sympathetic nervous system that is the nervous that is the part of your body the part of your brain and nervous system that gets things moving mm-hmm. right Get your heart rate up, get your blood pumping, get your muscles going, get your body, your brain saying, I'm about to do something active, right? It's the fight or flight, okay? General warm-up, you can go for a a run for two minutes, hop on a rower, do 500 meters, do some burpees, do some jumping jacks, whatever, you know, do something that kind of just gets you moving. Um, Jog in place, do some jumping jacks, jump rope, whatever it is. Then there's the specific warm-up now in that general warm-up you can do dynamic stretching that's where i recommend doing that so you get something get your heart rate up do some dynamic stretching do some frankenstein walks some inchworms with some hamstring stretch do a forearm to instep do a perfect stretch do there's all kinds of things that you can do where you're stretching but you're doing it through movement Right, you're doing some high knees or butt kickers, or you're doing things where you're putting your body different joints in extreme ranges of motion, but through movement, not just sticking it there and then holding it. Mm-hmm. Okay, because you want your body moving. You're telling your body, "I'm about to do a lot of movement." The last thing you want to do is sit still. Right. It just that doesn't that doesn't work. Okay, so you do those things, and then you do the specific warm up. That is the actual movements. Or movement patterns that you're going to do in the workout you're about to perform. So if you're about to do deadlifts, do some good mornings. Yep. Right? Do some back extensions on the GHD. Do something where you're doing something similar where you're hinging at the hip and you're creating that those activations of those movements. That's where I could see a big benefits in the resistance bands. Like I, Absolutely. I don't want to train with those exclusively. But using those as a warm-up or cool-down in Absolutely. replicated movements for them about to hit with the heavy weight load, yeah. that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, the idea of the warm-up is to activate the muscles and the movement patterns you're about to stress. Yeah. Right? So when you're going to do deadlifts. You know, you're using the glutes. You're using the glute med. You, you know, put the band around your knees and do some, some sidewalks. Yep. You can call them monster walks or X-band walks. Right? Activate those muscles. Light them up. Right? We're going to do some videos on warm-up and mobility stuff. Fire hydrants are a great... Thing we talked about those those yeah. are great uh warm-up exercise to activate the the areas that you're going to do when you're doing lower body work 100 yeah so it's activation for what you're about to do and it doesn't have to be specifically the movement there are so many different variations of things that you can do to get your body ready for something similar yeah targeting just the muscle group itself right. that you're, you're about to do the heavy load on yeah yeah and then on the on the back end you got the cool down which is the parasympathetic nervous system which is the opposite that's the rest and recover Mm-hmm. Right, so that's where I like to stat- do static stretching and foam rolling, is at the end. Gotcha, that makes right? sense. There's recovery. I'm I'm telling my body it's time to calm down, relax things, you know, roll things out, stretch, take some deep breaths, get some belly breathing in, do some parasympathetic breathing, meditate, meditate a little bit, you know, maybe fall asleep, <laughs> take a nap, whatever. <laughs> Been there, done that, um, and just kind of let your body know, hey, you're done. 
it's okay. Kind of cool down, chill out. I'm gonna go home, eat some steak, and, and we're good. You know. I like it, man. <laughs> Speaking of steak, we just ran out of memory on that camera. Oh no. Okay. Um, so you want to call this the end of part one? Sure. We go cook sure. some steak. Yeah, let's get it. All right, man. We'll get some ribeyes in this, <laughs> and uh, we'll we'll have. We'll have a part two to this podcast, okay. yeah, and we'll just keep rocking and rolling, brother. All right. For anybody that only is listening to this episode, hopefully they listen to both, but for anyone that does only listen to this episode, where can they find you online? Uh, okay, so my website is aptx.com. AP, sorry, I totally said that wrong. <laughs> aptx.com, so apextradingsystem.com. Uh, you can Google it. That will, if you Google it, that should come up. The Apex Trading System. Um, you find me on Facebook or Instagram at Bronson Dance Seventy Two. Awesome, man. That's my handle on there. I'll link that to that. Yep. Rock and roll, brother. Cool. Take it easy, guys. <laughs>